Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you with our guest, Dr. Christian Torn von Lehr, a psychic clairvoyant medium on a mission to solve the problems in all our lives. He's a further known for his insight into the ancient wisdom of the ancient world. More uniquely, he is notable for his ability to convey the reality of nature people. Christian has been a producer of several television programs for the New Age and wellness communities, including John Gray's Transformation and his own series Messenger. He has been on Coast to Coast quite often. A couple of his books include If You Could Only See... Seeing and Sensing Gnomes, The Magic of Gnomes and Leprechauns, and Magical Powers and Mystical Beings. And Christian, welcome back. Looking forward to this tonight, and Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Thank you, George. Happy Holidays to you also. It's very good to be back. How are you? You're up. You sound chipper. Well, <laughs> I've been on a later time zone lately, so I'm ready for you. Super, super. Tell me about starseeds. These, these, what are they? Well, starseeds are... They fit into the category of extraterrestrials and aliens, something typical to your show, but they are different in the sense that instead of physically visiting the Earth, they tend to incarnate here um, and go through the life process that normal humans go through so they can better convey their message. Something has to occur um, for us to develop, and they're going to help us with that message, help us succeed. It's similar in a way to perhaps what extraterrestrials are doing, but they're going about it a different way. It's also possible that starseeds were themselves physical visiting extraterrestrials at one time, like when we're building temples, things of that nature in the past. Um, but by being incarnating in, into a uh, human life form, what their message is, what they are, what it's all about, tends to become a part of us. And they're hoping to convert us, so to speak, to a way of thinking that fits into the galactic consciousness not just so Earth-focused. Are they physical or something else? Well, since they've incarnated here, and we're presuming that humans accept that all humans incarnate, all life incarnates, they're just like us. It's just that the history of them, what they draw from, is also from their world, which should be older and far more advanced than us. So physically, they may seem and act like us, uh, but yet they themselves have characteristics they, they know makes them different. For example, they don't feel like they belong here. They feel like they've come from somewhere else. They tend to be loners because they feel different. They think in third party, which means they can be in the conversation and hear it at the same time. Um, they have interesting talents and skills. So they themselves consider themselves different and somewhat alien. They'll even say that. But yet, to most people walking the street, you might think you saw a normal human, but even physically, they will often have traits that sort of give a clue as to where they might be coming from, because starseeds actually come from many different constellations out there, um, not all on the exact same agenda, but similar. And so there are different types of starseeds, so there are different sets of characteristics. Humans um, who that feel that they're alien or starseeds will usually identify with one or more of those different types of starseeds. How did you come upon the starseeds, Christian? Well, back, remember 2012? Remember that, that event, 2012? Yeah, yes. I used to do sure a lot do. of uh, lectures and speaking on that. And, of course, in discovering all the, some of the old information um, behind the 2012 saga, it was very evident that there's an alien connection going on there. And, of course, I picked up on the ET aspect of it, 
But I could see that there was more going on because my background is more in the spiritual, less spiritualistic realm, or esoteric wisdom realm. And even in those philosophies, we say that everything's sort of um, shielded or uh, couched in words, and we spoke in metaphors. So in the process of trying to decipher all the old writings and the old books, it became very evident what was really going on, that star seeds are a necessary part of the evolution of mankind. Um, and so over the years, I started putting that story together, and I kind of presumed that most people knew these things, but it, it's turned out not to be so. So I started speaking and lecturing on that. Well, you believe that we as humans will eventually have to move on to another planet? I think, it's, uh, I think even scientists can agree with us there, since there are so many things um, that affect any planet or any star in the Milky Way or any galaxy. Everything has sort of a time limit. Everything's in motion and movement. Collisions can go on. Environmental changes on the Earth have occurred many times, right? We have had ice ages. There are times when we had no oxygen, for example. There were times when six-foot dragonflies were the superior race. So things are always changing. Mankind is relatively new, or at least our consciousness of it is relatively new. So we've evolved over the last seven and a half million years to be where we are now. But we've sort of become enlightened in that seven and a half million years. And we realize that there's something bigger than us. Of course, that's where spirituality enters the picture. But we also start recognizing that when we look at the stars and old relics, that something's happening out there. It looks like something's guiding us, something's influencing us. And we've got to start seeing or feeling or being that bigger picture. And since the Earth and the environment itself is going to change, that's a big part of this because the sun itself is going to go away within five billion years, for example. Um, other galaxies are going to be colliding with us. Things can be happening to the environment of the Earth, um, which means we'll have to adapt. To help us adapt to all these kinds of things and to achieve the potential that a uh, man can have, we need this kind of influence that comes from starseeds. Have the starseeds basically opened up the books of the future? Can you look into it and see what's going to happen to the planet? Um, I have to a degree, although I've been focused on getting the information out there, but yes. But I want to say that because there are many kinds of starseeds, let's make it like 15 or so different types of starseeds, which are sort of competing races from other star systems, that are sort of competing to become the, the, uh, the race that stands out, the superior race. Now, they're all interested in Earth because technically we here on Earth tend to exhibit characteristics that should make us ultimately one of the superior races in the universe. So we have the most latent potential. Everybody wants to be us, so to speak, or with us. But since the Earth itself may physically not be here forever, um, they have to influence us physically, mentally, and in many ways, to adapt to some new location, which they're also trying to help us be better suited for. And also, we have to take on characteristics of these various star seeds, those that are trying to influence us, because technically there's sort of a kind of merger going on between their races and ours. And so it comes, it, it sort of evolves into a, um, the, the most suited one wins, so to speak, right? Now, the star seeds are acting on our behalf? They are. And 
I want to say that that behalf, though, I want to take a little bit higher. The perpetuation of life or the higher conscious of life is the bigger story, okay? So <clears throat> we have to keep evolving, and life can go on for billions of years, not just the millions that we've um, enjoyed. And so the competition I was mentioning, um, they all want to end up being that superior race, which is why they tend to merge with us in different ways. That's the DNA modification gene therapies um, that we hear about in the um, extraterrestrial realm. But <clears throat> they want to have that influence on us. But we must be able to evolve and keep up with the progress of the universe. We tend to be one that uh, has been determined is probably going to make it, but we should presume that's because we've been visited by both starseeds and extraterrestrials in the past. In fact, all along, um, and given that, we should presume that we are here in this consciousness level because we were affected a long time ago. So all along, um, we've been helped along by both starseeds and extraterrestrials. Extraterrestrials in the physical, um, starseeds in the influence that uh, we start to exhibit as we um, live. Are the ETs aware of the starseeds? Um, they are, but we, have, we can't always tell if the ETs are on the same level of progress or have the same endgame in mind as the starseeds. They might have their own agenda, I guess. Yeah, exactly, and it may be more like us. We're very concerned about ourselves, right? Everything tends to be Earth-centric or Milky Way-centric, which isn't necessarily um, the greater truth. Now, you're saying that eventually we're going to have to leave. I mean, when? Well, if we look at, as I mentioned, uh, the, the um, expiration of our own sun, for example. Um, five, bil five, five billion years. That's five billion years, okay. But other things could happen. In half that time, um, the Magellanic Cloud should merge with the Milky Way, which could cause an effect. But even sooner is a galaxy called M87, um, which has a very particular star called Spica, which is the oldest uh, realm of starseeds. Um, aimed right at us, like a bowling ball coming at us, and we're actually moving towards them, too, um, which makes it hard to analyze this subject because things seem to be moving faster than the speed of light. But if we just try to go with the physical science, it looks like about 66 million years, 50 to 60-some million years. Something you and I don't have to worry about right now. We, we, no, but there will be an effect before that time because an example, example of the M87 um, galaxy I mentioned that's aiming towards us, there is a huge plume of energy force that's aimed right at us. It's coming at us. at It looks like five times the speed of light, which shouldn't be possible, but that probably has to do with the angle which is coming. But that will affect us long before the galaxy comes or approaches us. See? So that can change our atmosphere, for example. We wouldn't have any air. But, you know, even the way the Jeez. Earth is now, we're sort of depleting our air as it is, um, and we lack enough phosphorus to replace the air. The air on Earth tends to be made really from the tectonic plates grinding against one another, but we need phosphorus to actually complete the process of making oxygen. That could be less than 80 years from now. So that would make it very, very soon, right? So we presume with science we'll probably get around that immediate problem, but this is indicative of the kind of things we need to be look, looking at in the future. And the starseed connection is simply that we won't be able to use our scientific tricks forever. Eventually we'll have to leave because the physical Earth itself won't be suitable 
for our particular evolution. Humans are changing in form and capability. Um, and so it'll actually be better for us to move somewhere else also. That we physically move, I don't know that we will all just physically get on a spaceship and move, but what we are, the essence of what we are, can be developed on other planets too. Explain that. Well, since we're evolving and we believe in, well, spirituality, we believe in reincarnation, that can be seated in other places before we actually are indigenous to that other place. Just like I said, the Earth itself, we were probably introduced here, in a sense, by merging with the, the uh, strongest animal, most capable animal form here. Um, at the time. Like a Neanderthal, we'll make it human, I guess. Um, at the time, that we were helped and influenced so that we would end up being superior. See? So that same type of thing will be happening at some point in time in other places. Now that M87, the one I'm really concerned about, that cluster coming towards us, mm-hmm. is so super massive. It's like, uh, it, it's so powerful, the, the black hole, and it anchors like 2,000 other galaxies. That's how powerful And it astronomers is. know about this, don't they? They absolutely yeah. know about it, perhaps since the 20s. It's just that because of shows like you, we become more aware of that there's a reason to be concerned, see? Um, but it is making new stars and, and planets, too. So some of those already exist and some are in the process. We'll have to go to one of those, depending on how well we do in all of our starseed trials here, right? How well we evolve, how we handle the extraterrestrial visitations, who ends up on top. So a lot of things are in play. Um, but I, I think it's important to bring in the, you know, the DNA modification gene uh, work we do that we speak to when we talk about extraterrestrials, for example, that's also another way of conditioning us for a new world. We have to be able to be adaptable to that atmosphere, that gravity, whatever else may be happening on those different planets and star systems. You mentioned that some people might go to another planet, uh, obviously not all of us. So what what happens to the rest? I mean, do we die and get there via a rebirth of reincarnation? Yes, so physically, we only live to maybe like 100, let's say, right? So we reincarnate, and so that keeps us going. But we will probably cease to start to be reincarnating here, and we'll just continue reincarnation on the new planet. So there could be a planet killer coming in 80 years. Yes. Jeez. Well, the, 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 actually, George, you know, the environment that we live in now is already a precarious like the lack of oxygen, and like I said, in 80 years, that's happening now on the Earth itself. And I'm just presuming that science will get us beyond some of those um, hiccups. Now, we may be to Mars within 80 years. There may right. be colonies, but surely you're not going to move 7 billion people. Right. But we could also move um, in steps, right? We could move to other planets which the ancients said we did. We didn't start here on the Earth anyway, they would say. Um, we came from both Mercury and Mars and um, Venus, frankly, and we'll probably move to Saturn, or the moons around Saturn, if we believe the old esoteric teachings, long before we actually move to another planet. But it would still be humans, just on those other places. Is this inevitable? It is inevitable. Oh I mean, if even science says we're not going to physically make it. You know, we have Andromeda merging with us also, another big galaxy, right, bigger than us. Um, so 
although the stars tend to have enough distance that we don't overly collide, there are still forces at play, right? And the black holes in some of these galaxies, we don't quite know what that's going to do. Um, they'll probably circle around the, the black hole in the center of the Milky Way itself, although there may be two of those, in which case you have a lot of volatility going on there, right? So all of this is going to move and shake the Milky Way. We're just simply one of the planets, but it will affect us also. So we know that the world that we're accustomed to won't be the way it is now. So we have to, in some way, have adaptation built into us because we can't just suddenly adapt to something that dramatic overnight. We may have to. Well, that's part of the urgency that we speak of when we speak to starseeds. They all think they're on a mission. They're saying time is not unlimited, okay? So we're being prepared now for many contingencies. The one I've been speaking to is, is the best one, which if we can make it long enough, we'll eventually simply move to a planet that's selected for us. Until we get to that point in time, we have to somehow keep adapting to the world that we're in. But even history shows us that the Earth that we're on now was not like it is now. It used to be red, for example. Water was different. Oxygen didn't exist. Um, and we've actually had dieouts, as you recall, right? Absolutely. And so between those dieouts and also between ice ages, star seeds have always been noted or recorded in some way is coming here to make sure that we can start up again. Who survived? What can we do with those? What do we have to change with those people um, or those humans to help them now adjust to the new Earth? So those are the, that's kind of how we've been doing it so far, but even that mechanism isn't going to work forever. Eventually we will have to leave. So I'm talking about an, a large expanse of time, up to 66 million years, um, but that would be pretty good anyway, right? We've only lived about seven and a half million years. But who knows? It may have to happen sooner. So it's the same kind of preparation, even if we had to move to a Mars, uh, a moon on, around uh, Saturn, it's kind of like moving to another planet anyway, right? Um, that might be coming from M87. So we have to get into this mode of thinking we're only travelers, see? And we're on the Earth now, and we'll go somewhere else. And so spirituality would have said, well, the Earth is only a little over 4 billion years also, so we must have lived somewhere else before even the Earth existed, yes? Um, so we're saying that although we've forgotten about it, we've been doing the same kind of thing all along. But, you know, we humans, we don't tend to want to change, right? We think everything is going to stay the same. We do have to get out of that way of thinking, and that's part of what starseeds are trying to help us do, be accustomed to being a part of something in the universe, and we have to travel through it and adapt as it changes. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.